0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
2: Good evening, everyone. It is I, Pastor Colonel from Time Harvest Ministries, and please go to seedtimeharvest.net. There, right there, in the lower third, right where my fingers are pointing. If you're watching me, right, Nope, over here is the website, seedtimeharvest.net, and our phone number over here on this side. It's the mirror effect. That's why I'm confused. I'm looking at the monitor. Uh, 602-753-1977, and you've pressed the number one or digit one on your phone, and we will know. We get notified on Blah Talk Radio. A little flag goes up that you want to talk, and we'll love to talk to you. Well, Kevin has just about got me engineered enough to do some things. So let me just kind of show you. During the intro, we had this going on. It's cool. It's at the, and then eventually we're going to have Chuck on that on that camera, and then you saw me on that one, and then that is the one. If you call in, I'm probably going to switch to this one, kind of a distance. So I may be flipping around a little bit, having a little fun tonight. But we're going to keep the lower third up at all times. In case you're watching on video on the on the gaming platforms, listen to all our buddies and lady friends out there, to all the various gamers. We want to say hello to you out there and Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, all the I don't know. There's so many sites out there that we push out to through uh, Wirecast and some of the other platforms we have going out and. We just want to say, call in if you want to chat with us. Uh, this is live streaming, so when you call in this number, you're going to hear, welcome to call in the Blog Talk Radio, and you'll be patched into us, Pastor Chuck. Didn't he do a good job on the intro, by the way? Pastor Chuck, you did great, man. He will take you into the what's called the green room. He'll say, hey, yeah. He'll say, "Who? hey, what's going on? What you want? Are you just listening? Or you want to get something you need from us? He'll find out and he'll introduce you as a caller. And let me also introduce and welcome everyone coming from MixLR on Witness Project with Sister Deanna's ministry. Witness Project is so good to have our friends from all over the world that she brings in. Thank you so much. Thursday nights, we've been praying. And it's more of a big, broad, intercessory-type prayer. And we may pray for you. I know that the Lord does something different every time. It's usually never the same. I'm going to say it's evolving. It's like the the agenda has evolved. And sometimes we talk more than we pray, but we do pray. We, We pray in different ways. We have people who call in from all over the world. Who are part of this? They say, "Hey, I'd like to pray too." They pray, and they minister as the the Spirit leads. And really, I think that's what they did in the upper room. That's what they did in the upper room. They, you know, Lord said, "You know, just wait for me, and you'll receive the promise of from the from the Lord, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost." And so they did. So what they do? Well, um, first of all, Peter got the unction from the Holy Spirit as they were praying that maybe they need to add one more to. Apostle or disciple because they had lost Judas, remember? And they drew drew uh, straws or or cast lots, I think is the what the scripture says, and Matthias was selected. And so they continued to wait in the upper room, which I also believe is the same place where Jesus did the Last Supper or the communion. Until this event happened, we're going to be talking about this. Is in Acts chapter 2. This is the fulfillment of of one of the feasts, it's now called Pentecost, the day of atonement, the the, the day of making things right, reconciliation, when you're, when all your debts are paid off, which is like a jubilee, uh, you, you know, you're, if you're in debt, you're set, you know, set free from that, and also you didn't they didn't work the farm, they didn't work the lands, the lands took a rest for for the seventh year, or I'm sorry, for the fiftieth year, which would be the jubilee year. So the entire nation just sat back and just chilled out. They had a, a year of rest, basically, and, and everything was forgiven. And this, this day of Pentecost is symbolic to that, but it is the rest of Christ Jesus. Jesus is the Sabbath. He is the Jubilee. He is the one that we get this redemption. We get our debts paid off and we're set free from our captivity. Amen. Wow, it's a powerful message. I think I've preached in some things that, in this area that no one's ever talked about. But before we begin, let's do pray, and we will get this thing rolling along. And, and by the way, I've got Facebook open here, and Micah Harrison, our missionaries in Italy, I, I know you joined. I don't know if you're still there, but it is nice to have you comment and let me know if you're still there. Wow. Kevin, thank you, bro. I know I got your email. But I just hadn't had time to get trained on the rest of it, but hopefully this week we'll have a little bit of stillness in my day-to-day routine, and we can get you in, and, and you can show me how to do the rest of it. Okay, Dave, our international friends in Canada, Brenda, it's nice having everyone. Doug Powers, our friends up in the Smoky Mountains, God bless you, and always thank you for your prayers. And we have Claudia, and who else? Uh, I think the rest, so we have a good little turnout tonight, and maybe, oh, Rachel, I thank you for joining us, Rachel, God bless you too, thank you for saying hello to us tonight, and I'll like that comment, by the way, thank you so much, and anyway, let's pray, let's get this thing going, I have a lot to cover, it's it's like 47 verses in Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to try to recap. The first part of it through verse 21, just real quick, just to kind of bring your minds up to date to where we can wrap up the, the latter part of the chapter, because it was very powerful. I thought there was a uh, spirit of God moving. And by the way, you don't have to wait till the end to call in. If you want to call in, call in. I'll find a good transitional point to stop and take your call. And producer Chuck will see that see that you're there and we'll, we'll be glad to have you. Amen? Very good. So, Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your joy. We just thank you for the way you touch us, and thank you for the fullness that you've given us. Thank you for the promise. We receive your Holy Ghost with power and fire, for your word says that, that Jesus is coming, and he will be baptizing with fire and with spirit. And Lord, I ask you to baptize us in the fullness of what Christ offers. Yes, we are redeemed by the blood of the lamb. We're baptized in the blood for the remission of our sins. And we receive that. And and let me just say this. Those who want to be baptized, be baptized for the testimony of your faith. There's no issue there. Go right ahead and do that. And Lord, we just thank you. Lord, I thank you for the people you're bringing into the kingdom of God. But most of all, I thank you for the people you're feeling with the the spirit and with power of the fire of God from the throne above. Even Isaiah said, whoa, I'm a man undone. And the cherubim came and took a a coal out of the fire of the altar and placed it because he had unclean lips and he was from a nation of people of unclean lips, Lord. For we are people of unclean heart, mind, and mouth. And Lord, we ask the fire of God come from the throne of God and begin to purify us in the likeness of God, to purify all the sin in our life or burn it out so that we are purified in righteousness. We thank you, Lord. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome, everybody. We're getting this thing going. (laughs) General Colonel. That's funny, Dave. Tanya from Jamaica, welcome. I did get your note today. Sorry about the things happening there, but just remember, I did say a quick prayer for you when I got your note. So, amen. All right, let's get started. If you have your, if you have your Bibles, just or you have your device, some of you watch me on your web TV, and that's really cool. Thank you. I, I do that sometimes. I put. Uh, Things I want to stream, I put it on my TV from my device, and I watch it from my TV. You're more than welcome to do that, and you can open up your Bible in the comfort of your sofa or your other device, and, and we can get going. Acts chapter 2. And the title of this is, The Power Arrives. Okay? The Power Arrives. The Power Comes. Okay? We're going to talk about that. We're going to hit on that. But then, the forming of the body of Christ which is what it was meant to be, the way it was designed and meant to be with the feeling of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm I'm going to say this, and I've said this a long time ago, that this Holy Ghost I'm talking about is the Holy Ghost of fire and power. It's the spirit that gives you the ability to do the signs and wonders. There's a Holy Spirit that was received upon remission of sins, but it's not this. It, it's the same spirit, but a different function. You received the Holy Spirit when your heart's transformed into salvation and, be, and and believing Jesus, Son of God, and forgiving other people. But you can't get that Holy Ghost fire until you repent and you forgive others. That's according to Jesus' instructions to the disciples. By the way, and 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 I'm not. I'm maybe getting ahead of myself, but I want to try to define the difference and. It is the same spirit, but different functionality. You can be born again, but walk with no power. And there are many Christians like that today. They don't believe in miracles. they've never seen one. They definitely don't cast out any demons. There's many pastors who've never cast out. Any. And listen, I'm not talking about inner healing where you get unforgiveness and bitterness and that. So that's not demons. I'm talking about demons that talk to you. And demons that throw people down on the ground and cause them to do crazy stuff. That's the kind of demons I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the, the 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 heart issue. I'm talking about the manifestation issue of something controlling your physical body. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. And there's a difference. Right? there's a difference in casting out demons and then helping someone become sanctified by transformation of the heart. Both are important. And most Christians can't do either one of those. Most pastors can't do either one of those. But I'm talking about having the power of God to where if a demon talks to you or manifests itself to you, you can cast it out by the power of God. Or other manifestations of the power of God doesn't have to be a healing. It can be a miracle work of some sort because of the power of God upon you. If you're just born again from salvation and repentance, you may not have that power yet, but it comes through a transformational heart process of of forgiving p- other people so that you're forgiven. So it's not retained in you. You got to and your prayers can be answered. You can't your prayers won't be answered unless you forgive others. And and those are scriptures I should have Uh, I'm not going to quote them today, but I've covered them many, many other times. So anyway, here we go. Here's our opening statement. The Holy Ghost can only be received once one believes Jesus is the Son of God and receives the Holy Spirit unto salvation. That's professing and confessing. That means believing that Jesus is the Son of God. Repenting every sins, so you don't want to do them anymore. You regret doing them. You don't, I'm not saying bring condemnation into your life, but where you just like, yuck, I don't want to do that anymore. That's not what I want to be. And I hate this state of, of this spiritual walk I'm in because I feel terrible about my life. Sin makes you feel terrible. When you walk in righteousness, you feel good. Even though things may come again, you know that you're right before the eyes of God because you have a pure heart and clean hands. There's nothing in your heart that, that God can say, uh, 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 that's in your heart. Or look what you've been doing with those naughty hands of yours. Pure heart, clean hands, walking in the joy of the Lord, knowing that you're pure before the eyes of God, because God's eyes are seeking the heart of men's and testing the mind, according to scripture. And the question is, when God looks at your heart, what does he see? And then when he tests your mind and you're bombarded with temptations, how are you dealing with it? Are you walking in faith and being renewed in your mind and renewed in your heart by the transformation, by the spirit of God? Are you falling short? And if you fall, get back up, shake it off and say, I don't want to do this anymore, Lord. Help me. Give me the strength. Help me to believe. In Christ Jesus, who gives me the strength. Amen. Sharing and fellowshipping in gladness. That's what happens when we are filled with the Holy Ghost. We bond with other family of God, with other people who have light, kind spirit. Sharing and fellowshipping in gladness. It's something wonderful when people come together together. In agreement, saying, Hey, I want to hang out with you, and we want to fellowship because because we want to be around other people who who carry the Spirit of God. And what happens is you get a bunch of people with the Spirit of God, and there's a lot of Spirit of God there, and it begins to spill over and affect people and things. And the Lord begins to come because we come in, in agreement in one mind and one accord, even though it's in fellowship. Where two or three come and agree and believe, guess what? There I'll be and your prayers will be answered, amen. You don't have to be in a brick and mortar church with worship music and organ music and hymnals and praise worship and, and children's programs. You can come together in lightness, in spirit of God, and I'm saying people who have the Spirit of God, in fellowship and have agape fellowship, family of God. We become in we come into the presence of God with one another, because we carry God, His Spirit, rest upon us when we're filled with the Holy Ghost. So we carry God when we're filled with the Holy Ghost. Remember the Scripture when Mary the angel the lord came or the the angel lord came to her and the holy spirit rested upon her well what happened when she saw elizabeth john the baptist when elizabeth was 6 months pregnant leaped with joy because of the holy spirit and that miracle thing that holy thing within her womb was filled with the holy spirit and it brought the presence of god and john the baptist leaped inside the belly of elizabeth Amen. That's what happens when you come around people who carry the presence of God and carry the Holy Ghost. Amen. It is up to each of us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So we carry God. Do you want God to rest upon you? Well, be transformed with the renewing of your heart and mind by believing Jesus Christ is the son of God. Forgive others and try your best to do it. You may need the spirit to help you heal from that. But continue to walk in the fruit with gentleness, kindness, with faith, with love, with joy, gentleness, meekness of heart, patience and long suffering and love that individual. And it may have to be at a distance, but stop talking about them. Stop letting it be known how much you dislike them. Find something good about them and make an effort to mend that bridge. Amen. And it is hard To build that bridge, by the way, it's not easy, but you got to start laying the, the foundation somewhere and you may have to get in the water and get a little wet to build that bridge. And it may be a little cold and miserable and damp and you may be shaking in your shoes as a result of it. But this is why we want to linger, because people are carrying the presence of God. We want to linger around one another because we feel the joy of the Lord. We feel his presence because we carry that presence. And these are people filled with the Holy Ghost. Because because those, we had the fullness of God by the Holy Ghost because people are drawn by God with God in us. People will come to you because of God in you. He draws people near him. He begins to teach them and show them stuff and strength and show them because, hey, I want to know something about this God you seem to know something about or have or carry with you. Has anyone approached you uh, like, you know, there's something about you that's different that I like? Maybe it's the peace of God, the Christ Jesus. So let's recap in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord. They were all in agreement to do something together and to wait for something to happen. Something wonderful to happen. It's like Mr. Incredible. You know, this little kid's riding his tricycle, and Mr. Incredible is out there doing something. He does something, lifts a car up, and the little boy's like, uh Uh, Mr. Gribble said, what are you staring at? And he says, I'm waiting for something, something great to happen. When you get around people who are filled with the Holy Ghost, you anticipate something great to happen. That's why I don't like praying with my eyes closed, because I'm looking around for something great to happen. I'm looking for an angel to come down. I'm waiting for the Holy Ghost to come down. I'm wanting to see the presence of God. I want to see the glory of God. I want to see Christ himself walking among the people, ministering to people. Because I believe I can see those things in the spiritual world because I'm a child of God and his spirit lives in me. And I'm anticipating the works of God before the flesh of my eyes. I feel his presence all around, but I want to see him. I want to know him. I want to dwell with him. I want to commune with him. I want to be part of him. And I hope you do too. And this is what happens. This is how you get there by the feeling of the Holy. Ghost. So they had come in an agreement. They had worked on this and, and, and they were waiting. I don't know how many specific days, but they were waiting and waiting, waiting And this Pentecostal day is like the day of atonement. It's the day of reconciliation. It's the things that are being returned back to you. It's, it's a part, a way of starting over. Like the Jubilee, it was a rest period of starting over. Oh, man, you've been beat up. You've been in captivity. You've been in debt. You've been enslaved. Now let me set you free and give you rest. Hallelujah. That's Christ Jesus. He is your rest. He is your Sabbath. And he's calling you to him into his rest so that you may join him in Pentecost, in rest, in order to know him in his fullness. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Wow. Verse 2, we're just now starting. This is just a recap. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Let's look at John chapter 3, verse 5. Let's, Jesus says, he answers, this says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, now I think I've taught this before that the water is not necessarily talking about the baptism of John, it's talking about the water and blood that flowed from Jesus when he was pierced in the side, and the water spewed out of him. So it's really referring born of blood and slash water and the Spirit of God. And that's what Jesus does, right? He cannot either enter the kingdom of God, he cannot enter anything unless you're born of Christ Jesus by his blood, by the cleansing of his blood and water, and by the spirit which is offered from God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. You have to be born of the spirit. It can only come from the spiritual water. When you see things in the scripture that refer to water, it usually refers to things of the spirit. That's why we baptize. We have that symbology of we we die or we're baptized, so it's both also death, we're dying to the old man, and we're cleansed by the water of the Holy Spirit, we come up a new person, or born again in Christ Jesus. But that can only happen if the blood of the Lamb is smeared over the thresholds of our heart, in which the death angel passes over, in which the first fruit remains in life, it doesn't die. Who's the first fruit? I'm a first fruit. The first fruit. Are we not like the first fruit of God? We're his first fruit of Christ Jesus. We're the fruit of the, the sacrifice of the lamb. Because of the lamb, there's these seeds that are planted and we are fruit of God. When we're born again, we are born by the spirit of God. Just as Christ was conceived by the spirit and birth or born by the spirit the, the spirit rested upon him. Now, a someone of the flesh delivered and, and gave birth, but he was born. The seed was planted by the Father through the Holy Spirit into flesh. We, likewise, are transformed in spirit. Our spirit comes to life. That's how we are born again, because now we're not living by the soul person. We're living by the spirit spirit person of Christ Jesus in us, we are a body in which our consciousness of who our personality is, our mind if you will, soul, mind, and spirit. That spirit is birthed and now we have things of the spiritual things that are inside, just like our consciousness we cannot see, but our consciousness controls the flesh. Let the things of the flesh be flesh, and the spirit be spirit. Do not marvel that I have said this. This is verse 7. You must be born again in spirit. you got to be born in and by the spirit. I'm adding those words. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. Do we not? So here's the thing. Wind exists, does it not? We see the evidence of it. But do we actually see the tangible substance of it? The answer is no. We don't see the tangible evidence of wind, but we see the effects of wind. We feel it against our skin when it is moving. We see it moving the vegetation when it's moving. We see it pushing clouds. Matter of fact, when airplanes and aircraft take off, they must fly into the wind. We must In order to take off and fly like eagles, we must take off into the Spirit of God so that we soar, that we get the lift that we need. It is the Spirit, it's the wind that gives us the lift. Actually, what it is, it's high pressure over low pressure. If you want to study aerodynamics, I've got a degree in it. It's the low pressure that raises up the high pressure and the low pressure coming in conflict, and it creates a lift. Amen? Amen. We must come in conflict with our flesh in order to rise up and fly like eagles by the Spirit of God because of our being born in spirit. We have to die. We have to come into conflict with our flesh. We have to we have to kill the things of sin. We can't got to stop it in order to stop it. We must, you know, metaphorically kill it in order to allow our spirit to. Rise up. Amen. Man, there is some powerful message there. The wind blows where it wishes. The spirit moves wherever it wants to. And you hear the sound of it. You see the effects of the spirit. Do we not? Do we not see the effects of the spirit? When someone is born again, we see the effects of the spirit. Haven't you heard me talk about the happy face? When I go to the school of authority evangelism and someone is healed they get the happy face. That's how you know they get it. When someone is delivered from a real demon, not a not a spirit of unforgiveness and doubt and unbelief and all that stuff. I'm talking about a real demon. They get a happy face because they know they've been set free. I've seen it time and time again. They get happy. They don't. They can't control themselves because they're so enfolded with joy. That's what happens. We see the effects of the spirit coming and going and moving, but it has to have. A way to get there. Amen. But cannot tell where it comes. We can't tell where the wind is coming. I mean, we can kind of if we see the effects of it or we feel it, it's coming from that direction. It's blowing from the north or from the south or wherever, eastern winds or western winds. But we cannot tell when it's going to start blowing or stop blowing. When you get around the equator, the wind stops blowing. It's called the deadrums. The deadrums. They just, the boats, the ships back in the sail days, they would hit the equator and they would just stop. They could only make movement based on current of the undercurrents of the waters moving. So the sails would just go flat. They wouldn't be inflated. But once they got the edge of the deadrums of the equator, the sails would inflate and they would be propelled forward in the direction they wanted to go. So we cannot tell where it comes and from where it goes, so is everyone who was born of the Spirit. Look, there's going to be a day where the Spirit is going to move us all over the place like the wind. That's the end day's promise right there spoken by Jesus himself. There are people I know who have who've done this. They have translated other books because the Spirit won them somewhere. Look at Philip. He outran a chariot and ministered to an Ethiopian eunuch and he baptized him and he was filled with the Holy ghost. He was reading from the book of Isaiah, but didn't understand it. And guess what? The Holy spirit took Philip into another place. Didn't know where he was coming from. Didn't know where he was going, but by the power of God sent him like the wind that's going to happen. If you're filled with the Holy ghost, you can be used like the wind. You can be sent forth in and out by the power of God to do great works, if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, it only comes by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's look at John twenty verse twenty-one. So Jesus said to them again, "Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you." And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, "Receive the Holy Ghost." If you for so here it goes. So this is before the day of Pentecost. The 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 Feast of Atonement, okay, fifty days after the f- Passover, okay, that's why it's fifty days. It represents like 50, 50 year jubilee, that's why it's fifty. It, it coincides. It's a type and shadow of a of a jubilee year, okay. So Jesus had breathed the Holy Spirit upon him. Now Jesus had died at this time. By this time, he had died and he had been resurrected and seen. And this was like the last time he was seen by the disciples before he ascended up into heaven to be with the Father. And so before he get, before he left, he, he said, receive the Holy Ghost and he breathed upon them. And he said this. He said this. If you forgive the sins of any, if they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they're retained. That means you don't get rid of them. You cannot receive the Holy. Now, see, this is the the Holy Spirit as per salvation in believing Jesus Christ and repenting of your sins. They received the Holy Ghost. What I'm talking about with the power and fire, fifty approximately fifty. Well, I don't know. Several weeks later. Okay, so the Passover had already happened, and Jesus was. Through this, the weeks was coming and going, and meeting and talking to people, and you know, being seen and all kinds of things. So, fifty days already passed, but but by this time, they received the salvation of the Holy Spirit of the Holy Ghost, but they didn't get the the, the Pentecostal Holy Ghost with power and, and fire until the the week of atonement or till the the Feast of Atonement, which is called Pentecost, fifty days after the Passover, which which Jesus was the Passover for the atonement of the sins of the world. So when we see that when we believe and forgive we believe in Christ and we forgive people other transgressions and and you know against each other we receive the holy ghost because of the heart transformation. It may be it may take a miracle for you to forgive someone who has hurt you like instantly. It may take you 50 days to get to where you're over that and you truly feel peace about forgiving them. Okay. But we have to continuously work at it because it's the flesh that wants to waller in that unforgiveness like a pig. It's the flesh that wants to continue raise it up in our mind and have bitterness and have this, you know, uh, resentment and, and all these yucky feelings about someone. Look, when you forgive them and you don't care anymore, You're free indeed, but we have to work toward that by the help of the Holy Spirit. But if we continue to harbor that, that power is going to dissipate and that fire is going to go out until it's rekindled again through a transformation of the heart. So we got to understand, being baptized by water is for the remission of sins and we receive the Holy Spirit, but when we're baptized by the Holy Ghost with miraculous, miracle things happening, we can do great works for the kingdom of God. You can't do great works for the kingdom of God without the Holy Ghost. You can't win people to Christ without the Holy Ghost. You can't do signs and wonders without the Holy Ghost. It's not you, it's the Holy Ghost in you that's being manifested. Amen? Verse 3, Then then there appeared to them, so, it appeared upon them. I'm going to use, use the words a little differently. Divided tongues, or I would say, split flames, as fire that sat upon each of them. So there is. So when the 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 sound of this great wind came in to this upper room, then all of a sudden there was these flames upon their head. Two, they were split. They say split like a sport tongue. So I guess kind of like a. A snake, but I think each flame represents one represents the Father, and the other represents the, the the Christ upon their heads. It sat upon them. The fire of God was upon them that people could see by the flesh. So not only did it happen in the spiritual, but because it was so powerful, the, the, the flesh was able to see the things happening in the spirit. This is why I don't like closing my eyes when I pray. Well, you want to miss something like that? I don't. Amen. Well Chuck, do we have a caller? You wanna introduce him? Yes, this is uh, Rachel. Rachel, you're on with the colonel. Hello, Rachel. Where are you calling from oh. tonight? Um, Ohio. Yeah. Well welcome. How did you hear about us?
1: Um, I just I was following you on Facebook and oh, okay. I just saw that you had came on and actually <laughs> Zoe Eddie suggested I called you or something.
2: Ah, okay. So you know me through so. Joseph. All right, very good. Well, what can we do for you yeah. tonight? You want prayer tonight?
1: Sorry, yeah. Sorry. Um, my son is... I need a prayer for my son and my situation, which I don't really want to take it into a lot of details about, but... How old's your son? Um, He's nine. He's almost ten. Um, and God has brought him a long way. Mm-hmm. But he's um he's autistic, and he is entering puberty, and he's getting a little
2: worse, sorry, that to be, yeah, yeah, I understand I he's don't he, say he's no. discovering things he didn't um, discover before, right well,
1: not really that, but he's he was kind of getting better with the aggression. He, he has a history of like some aggression and self injuring kind of thing, um which had decreased quite a bit, but, um, I feel like God's about to, like on the verge of moving mm-hmm. mightily on him Yeah, because I keep speaking over him and praying and he just feels like he keeps looking at me like he wants to say something, but he can't. Right. I just feel like the words are there. What's his and name? I feel like that has a lot to do with the behavior, but you know, with the puberty onset, um, he's becoming a little more aggressive because of his hormone
2: fluctuation. Sure. Mm-hmm. What's so, his name?
1: Um, I'm not,
2: sorry. Bobby or John or David?
1: Oh, what's his name? Andrew.
2: Andrew. All right. Yeah. Well, we have some great people listening with us tonight. And I want to say we've got a couple people watching us from from uh myanmar and possibly australia i want to welcome them tonight and our new york friends as well but i need everyone that's watching tonight Mm. to help pray for andrew and rachel okay so this is a mother who who is uh probably by herself with very little help and has a son that's growing up and is getting stronger and you know going through hormone and Hormonal challenges in that age and that sort of thing. And she just needs strength and he needs, you know, a work by the Lord in his life. Okay. And uh, just so everyone just needs you to touch and agree tonight. Father, I just thank you for Rachel who called in from Ohio. And Lord, I remember her calling in once or twice before. And Lord, I thank you that you've sent her, her to us that we may intercede for her. And, Lord, first and foremost, Lord, I ask you to give her great wisdom on how to handle human behavior, especially this unique kind of behavior of autism. And, Lord, there may be all kinds of doctors, there may be all kinds of medication, but, Lord, I know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and that the Prince of Peace may come upon them and come upon that household, Lord, and Lord, that you would give—I know it's probably she wants to give up at times, Lord. I, I mean, I sense that stress. I sense that that like why you know why me kind of thing, and how much longer. But Lord, that you would strengthen Rachel, and Lord, give her the ability to communicate—I don't know—telepathically or through communicate with her son, and her son with her, so that they can come into understanding. And she can give him instruction that he could comprehend and process in this delicate state that he's in. And, Lord, I ask you to restore them, restore that family, Lord. Restore the things that have been taken from them, Lord. And, Lord, that you would put people in their past that can encourage and help and serve because you've given them the heart to do so. Lord, everyone that you've called into the uniqueness of that kind of service, Lord, that you would draw them to Rachel and help them find her, not her find them, but them find her. And Lord, that you would also, I I don't know, but put a father figure of some sort in in Andrew's life, Lord, some kind of like grandfather figure that can love this child and, and be someone that can understand and have this not only understand his behaviors but also have compassion for him and lord touch them and heal them in jesus name amen okay rachel thank you so much for calling us today and and uh, let me know how it goes if you can just send me a quick note somewhere and we'd love to hear from you and you know if even it's a bad day let me know and that's a good time for me to pray for you or for claudia or somebody uh, or we can get a you know get it out in our prayer teams that are out there say hey rachel's really needing prayer from from the saints today or if something good is happening yeah. you know let us know so we can you know celebrate and give god the glory with you amen
1: you. i definitely will thank
2: you so much sure okay <laughs> Okay, Chuck. Do we have another caller? Would you like to introduce our yes, caller? Yes. This is uh, this is yeah, This this is Teresa.
1: Teresa, you're on with the colonel.
2: Hello, Teresa. Where are you calling you. from tonight?
1: Illinois.
2: Illinois. Okay, I believe I know you. How are you?
1: Uh, good.
2: Okay. Well, I'm trying what's, to grow. <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all just yeah. trying to get some water from the Holy Spirit and get some some heavenly food from heaven to keep us sustained. Amen. Well, tell us what's on your heart, Teresa.
1: Um, I can't really go into it too much, but some uh, financial healing regarding um, my youngest son would be good.
2: Okay. All right. Is that it?
1: Um. Well, that's that's a good start, <laughs> sure. put it that way. Yeah.
2: Okay, well yeah. let me ask you this, uh, is he not working, I assume?
1: Um, well, actually, um, works a lot of hours.
2: Works a lot of hours and still can't get ahead. Is that a c- correct statement? Yes. Yeah, I, I know that feeling, I know the frustration that it involves. And I, I, I mean I truly empathize and it just had the greatest like, oh man, I know the feeling. All right, so let me pray for him. And everyone else that's listening all over the world, help us to pray. Uh, do you mind sharing his name or, or do you just want me to call him Teresa's son? Um, that would be all right. I'll stand in the gap. Okay. Father, I thank you. I thank you for Teresa. And I thank you that she is standing in the gap for her son because she loves him dearly and she she hates seeing the misery that he's in. And Father, I just ask you to move upon Teresa's son in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would break him from the things that are trying to destroy him and take him down. Father, Lord, I ask you to begin to move upon his heart, that he would draw closer to you, even though he's seeking you, he's drawing, but Lord, that it would come like a magnet drawn, that it would just snap together, Lord, that he would come into a great awakening of you, Lord, and wherever it is in his development, Lord, that you would let him feel your love and have the assurance and the peace that's beyond understanding that you're in control of his life. And Lord, all the The uh, aggravation, the frustration, all the um, anger and even rage that may be involved in this situation, Lord. Lord, that you would set him free from that and give him the peace. And Lord, that you would provide for him and he would see your hand at work. And all that you're doing in his life that's restoring him and building him, Lord. And the, the children that may be involved, Lord. Lord, that there would still be yes. that family unity of love, regardless of what may be gripping or trying to tear away. Lord, that that I mean, Lord, you tell us that nothing's going to separate us from your love. Nothing can separate us, and your love is so broad and deep and high and so massive that it's beyond our capability to understand. So be it be with your love for him that he would recognize that, but also the the, the child or the child that's involved, Lord, that that they would feel that. They would know that their parents, the parent loves, the father loves him, Lord, that he doesn't see the rejection or to feel rejected. That it's just a season of time, a season of time, Lord, in which it's it's just a dry place. But Lord, that you provide an oasis in the dry places, that you sprung out from the rock, the the flow of the water from the belly of that rock, Lord, For you tell us that it will flow from us, the living waters from the bellies of our soul. So be it, Lord, that he may drink of it and be quenched and be cleansed and be strengthened and refreshed and renewed by you, Father. And that family too, Lord. Let your spirit wash away, wash away all that has come again on them and, and come to take them down, Lord, all the inner fighting and, and I don't know, just the, uh, the word battles that are taking place, Lord, that you would drown that out, drown it out, Lord, in your spirit, that it would quench it and it would put it away and that there would be a new song coming from him, a new song of joy, Lord. Let his mother... Let Teresa hear a new song coming from the lips of her son to be a side of the work that you're doing in his life. In thank Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen, and thank you so much. Be blessed.
2: Thank you. Good night. God bless you, too. Keep me keep me updated on on things, if you don't mind. Just send me a note. It doesn't have to be long. Just, you know, any changes or anything you notice, okay? It would be great. All uh- right. All right. Thank you so much. Peace. Mm-hmm. Okay. Praise God. Well, I want to say hello to to some folks I see that are in here from very far away. Uh, Kim Momo Nyat from Myanmar. I know her and her family. She's been such a blessing to me when I travel there. And Saul Ka. Uh, so nice to see you uh, there as well. It's great. And... Um, Thank you so much, everyone. Yes, nothing's impossible for God. It's great to have everybody. Great to have everybody. Praise God. Thank you for the callers. It's okay to call. Um, Let me see if I can get things going again. We were in verse 3 of Acts chapter 2. We're trucking right along. We've been going for at least a good hour now. And we're just recapping. We haven't gotten into the latter part. But then there appeared them divided tongues as fire that sat upon each one of them. Okay. So I was reading out of Leviticus. I was beginning to read out of Leviticus chapter 9 verse 22. Then Aaron lifted his hand toward the people, blessed them, and came down from offering the sin offering so it came down from presenting this, the sin offering to God, the burnt offering, and peace offering. So we see that there's multiple offerings there regarding sin, right? And Moses and Aaron went into the Tabernacle of Meetings. Tabernacle Meetings is where the presence of God came That with the tribes of Israel surrounding it. The Tabernacle of meetings, meetings was the center, of the heart of the camp of the people of Israel in the wilderness. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all of the people. The glory of the Lord. I don't know if that was Christ himself or some kind of cloud or smoke or some kind of mist within the, the visibility of the flesh of the eye, but of the spirit. But that's why things, when the spirit comes on so strong, you can see it. it. It begins to manifest itself in so the flesh can see it. And fire came out from before the Lord. Fire. This is that righteous fire that comes from God himself, from the throne, from the throne of God, that purifies, that provides power, and it also cleanses. It does so many things. It's like the multipurpose agent of getting the saints of God where they need to be. Amen? Amen. And the fire came out before, the, in front of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat of the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell to their faces. I guess so. If you saw something come out of heaven from God and all of a sudden it was, we call it the glory because you don't know how to describe it. And all of a sudden out of before the Lord himself, which is in this glory, fire spews out and, and consumes Only the offerings presented on the altar, he burns up sin. The fire burns away the sin. Some of us need a fire in our heart. Some of us need to be consumed by the fire. So all the the sin that may be dwelling in one's heart is consumed and turned into ashes. Even ashes can turn to nothing. It can be consumed by fire. That's why when this fire sat upon these people, they had to go through this this waiting in this upper room and getting their. I believe they were getting their hearts right, meditating and talking. You know, meditating on the things that Jesus had said, and some of that was forgiving people of sins, so that you don't retain it, sin within your own heart. So it took that period of time, that that sanctification that they. But the Pentecostals call it the separating ourselves from what we used to be to what we are and being born again. That's that's the maturity. You can tell if someone's a mature Christian, if they can forgive easily, they're not a mature Christian. If they can't forgive easily or they can't forgive at all. Did you know that? it's not how long you've been a Christian it's how quickly you can forgive and and I would go as far as to say the more godlike you are the more chances people will come and say things and do things to harm you amen so let's see what Chuck has to say we got another caller this is uh, Brenda calling in with a praise report go ahead Brenda you're on with the colonel hello Brenda where are you hello, calling Chris. from
3: North
2: Dakota all right North Dakota is it still cold in North Dakota
3: Actually, it was like 42 degrees here, so that's summer for
2: us. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Brenda, what do you want the Lord to do for you? Or you were going to share something. Go ahead and share with us.
3: I I have not ever run into my grandson's mom who isn't married to another girl, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, this is like really cool because, you know, God's protected me from that because God knows my feelings towards that, right? Sure. Well, anyway, they came into my restaurant uh, about a week ago, mm-hmm. the both of them. And if they could have both fallen over, they would have because they were like, oh, no, you're here. You know, I mean, I'm just this obstacle in their way. And um, and she was the mother to my grandson was like, uh, so when did you start working here? And blah, 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 and just kind of small talk. And, and I'm like, Holy Spirit, please give me the love that you have for these people, you know. Don't let me work on my own, come off on my own flesh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and show rudeness and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and I could tell by the time they left, they had both softened. Um, the, the mom to my grandson had tears in her eyes when she was leaving. And I know that something was planted. I know the love of Jesus got to her. And so I'm like, I'm just going home, just happy, you know, not that I wanted to see him, but I could tell that. They were looking for me to attack them, you know, mm-hmm. and and I, I I thank Jesus that I that I could show the love um, that He wants me to show.
2: <laughs> praise God. As
3: hard God. as it is, it's so hard, you know what I mean. And so that's my phrase report.
2: Well, well, praise God, yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, when those kind of things happen, you know, even though you despise. Um, beha- you know that behavior you know you can still love people even though they may be contrary to your faith and the things that you believe in the faith and that's what draws people and thank you for for just lo- you know talking to them and being real you know in Christ about right. about all that
3: I mean I didn't want to be you know I don't didn't want to be like a self-righteous you know better than you kind of a attitude towards them, because they're already on the offensive, you know? Right. And it it was just crazy, because it was like, you know, I need your help, Holy Spirit, like now, like, twenty-fold. I, like, need you just to be with me, nobody else. And I could just feel the love that, I mean, I had, I I just about took them both home with me. I mean, I'm like...
2: That's because the love of Christ. You want to take them home and love them and just be, be kind and gentle and all that, you know. That's that's awesome! Praise God, mm-hmm. man! The fruit of the spirit manifesting itself, and and see that what it does to people. And I have, right. I, I sense that you'll be talking to them again soon, and that um, I do too, and that things will you'll have a more opportunity to to be a light in their life, and and right. and you know it's just be led by the spirit. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but be led by the spirit. And and here's the thing is. You know, when Jesus told the disciples to go out into the villages before him and to prepare the way, he said, you know, enter the, you know, go into the villages, but if someone wants to receive you, say, peace be with you. Well, who, what are they talking about? Are you, are you saying peace? Or are you saying, Christ be with you? Christ is peace. He is the Prince of Peace. So you say, peace be with you. Receive us peace. Right. And see if they receive that peace. Right. And let, and that's, the Christ will begin to, you know, work on them and they'll be able to be drawn to God. So praise God. Right. That's awesome.
3: Yes. Yes. So well, I just have to tell you that. And I love you. Your preaching is awesome tonight. It's just awesome. Thank
2: you. Well, uh, thank you. And God bless you. And thank you for all the support to the ministry as well. Take care. You're welcome. Right, bye bye. Bye bye. Praise God. Well, let's get back to, let's get back to our Leviticus scripture. So here is the tent of meetings where God came s- through fire down from heaven, fire came from heaven, down and lit the, the brazen altar from fire from So the, the altar continuously burned with this righteous fire from heaven. Now here the people coming together and they're offering, their, you know, they're repenting of their sins and then the glory comes down, you know, Moses and Aaron went in there, and they went into the meetings and began to pray for the presence of God, and then the the, the shadow, I like to call it, they begin to abide in the shadow of the Most High God, because the glory came down, and the glory also is referred to here here in the scripture as the Lord. And the fire preceded him, it began to burn up that sin offering, and and that's what we have to do. We have to get into the presence of God, abide under that shadow of that glory, and let Him send His righteous fire to burn out our iniquities and sins that are deep, that we lay out before Him. Here it is, Lord. Here's this awful mess laying upon this altar. Burn it up. Burn it up. When there is true repentance and forgiveness, one can receive The Righteousness Fire of God. Look, have you ever done anything that you regretted? And you say to yourself, oh, that was stupid, or I wish I had never done that or said that. You learn from that lesson, and chances are you may not ever do it again. And if you do it, it would be rare. This is the same thing. When you're tired of the sin in your life or the things that you do... And you don't want to do it anymore. And you say, Lord, here it is. I don't don't want to do it anymore. You know, at one time I had, when I was a young infantry officer, you know, in infantry, you know, they say that, you know, you talk like a sailor, but we talk like infantrymen. And I couldn't have a sentence without dropping the F word. Just this and that. I mean, just continuously. And, And it's like the Holy Spirit just brought realization of what God saw that, the way God saw that, and I was ashamed. And I, I made a commitment to God. I said, I don't want to ever do that again. I don't want to say that again. I don't want to talk like that. It's like I was delivered at that point from using that word. And as far as I know, I, I mean, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't know, but I, I never used that word in that way again, like that. And I just rose above it and refused to do it. And that's another thing. We have to get to the point where we refuse to do that. I refuse to go there. I refuse to see that. I refuse to go there. I refuse to do this. You have to like refuse sin and choose righteousness. You refuse it, but you're choosing something else. The option is righteousness rather than wickedness. And that's what has to happen. You have to get to the point or be at a point where you want pure righteousness in your life. And you don't want anything else. And if you don't know if there's something unrighteous, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. I didn't realize how God perceived me in that way. And he brought it to my attention in the Spirit. And that's how we change of the renewing of our mind and our heart. So you can receive the righteous fire of God. It can be removed when there is true repentance and true forgiveness. Like, forgive me, Lord, for... Saying that and being that way, I want to be the way you desire me to be. Jeremiah 20, verse 9, then he said, I will not make mention of him. Now, this is Jeremiah speaking, saying, I will not make mention of God, nor speak any more in God's name, but his word. That means, but Jesus was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was, or, or, or I grew tired or weary of holding it in or back, and I could not hold it back or resist it any longer or any more. See, when you get the fire of God in you, if you get Christ, who is the Word of God, that's what the words he used. This is the words Jeremiah used. But his Word, who's the Word? Jesus Christ was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones, like contained in my bones. He was going crazy. He was fidgety. He was going berserk. I got to praise the name of God because it's all in me. Amen. He was going berserk. He couldn't contain himself. He had to scratch. He like had an itch he couldn't control. He had to get action on it. Wouldn't it be great if we had the love of God to the point it was like that? It was like a scratch that we had to, or an itch that we had to scratch. We couldn't, like, stand anymore. We just got to, like, reach over there and scratch it, or we're going to go crazy. I got to love you so much because it's like an itch I can't get rid of, and I got to love you, and it and, and, and like Christ loves you, and I got to embrace you and have compassion for you, and I've got to love you regardless of how much you dislike me. That's the kind of love I desire for people. I haven't gotten there yet. But I'm trying to, and I hope many of you have already gotten there. Perhaps you can give me some pointers on how you got there. Let's look at Revelation 4, verse 5. And from the throne proceeded lightning. Whoa! In the throne of God, there's lightning. I don't know. Maybe it's like the borealis or something. I don't know. Just this light maybe going all kinds of directions. And thunderings, lightnings and thunderings and voices. Can you imagine speaking to the point you had so much power when you spoke that that thunder, it sounded like thunder and it lit up things like lightning. That's God's throne. His very presence creates that. Matter of fact, he is so magnificent, the cherubim have to cover their face because they can't look at him. Because their wings cover their face and their feet. Because probably the brightness of his glory blinds them. Because they have eyes all over their bodies. I don't know. I'm just saying that. The Bible doesn't say that. But it does say that the wings of terror cover their face and their feet. Why do you think that is? Maybe because the presence of God is so great. It's like great thunder and lightnings. And they got to hide behind something because they can't come into the presence of it. Even God himself was behind the veil. Because man cannot see God and live. Perhaps the cherubim can't see God and live unless the Son of God wills it. There's an exception. I'm just throwing this out there. Okay, so Revelation, there's this thunder, the lightning, there's these voices, and the seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. God has seven spirits. Did you know that? There's seven spirits that make up God, or there's seven spirits of God. So I I have to assume that these seven spirits make up the presence of God in some capacity because he's a spirit. And so his spirit is seven spirits that make it like we have a head and we have arms and we have legs. So he has seven components to himself. He has the spirit of the Lord, which I think is the Holy Ghost, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, being able to speak and uh lead people and to give wisdom and understanding to things, especially things things of God. We he's uncomprehensible. Is he not? You cannot you you can't tempt God because you can't outthink God. And God doesn't tempt because he's not designed to tempt. You can't know how God learned what he knew or knows. You cannot describe to me how God came into existence, so therefore you cannot comprehend in your mind anything about God. He's incomprehensible. You can't teach God anything, but He can teach you something because He's an incredible God and He's incomprehensible. So let's get that clear right now. So, God is composed of seven spirits. There's seven spirits of the Lord or seven spirits of God. And there's a spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, spirit of counsel and might, which is great strength, spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. Those are seven spirits. When you receive the spirit, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, you, you should begin to get the fullness of God, the seven spirits. I personally don't believe you can have one of them that, when you receive the fullness of God, you receive all seven spirits of Him. Because if you receive the Holy Ghost, then you begin to get wisdom of God about Him. You begin to come into the spirit of understanding of God and understanding of yourself and your relationship between Him and you and you and Him. Then, when you come into this great understanding of this wisdom by this Holy Spirit, then you are able to Communicate about the understanding and wisdom you have of God, which is the spirit of counsel. As a result of that, you come into authority. If you have knowledge and you have understanding and wisdom, you have authority because you know something that people don't know, which makes you an authority figure, a person of authority who knows something that other people don't know which makes you a subject matter expert, does it not? That gives you certain power to persuade your friends and influence others because of the Spirit of the Lord on you, because you have this great wisdom of the Lord, you have this great understanding of the Lord, you have this ability to communicate about something that people can't understand and comprehend within their own consciousness. They can only understand it by the Spirit. And because of this great knowledge compiled from wisdom and knowledge and from the spirit of himself resting upon you and having this might to be able to prove your words with signs and wonders and miracles happening, the fear of God comes upon people. They begin to realize, oh, I am undone, just Isaiah said. When the voice spoke, he said, I, I'm undone. I can't control myself. I'm undone in realizing how great this God is and how puny I am and how great he is and how much I must worship him because he's much greater than my own understanding to comprehend him. That's the seven spirits of God. So, Isaiah 11, verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, speaking of Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost will rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. The Spirit of the Lord is the, I believe, is the Holy Ghost. When we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive the gifts of the Holy Ghost, which is another discussion, right? So, if you have, well, we know that one gift is wisdom. The wisdom of is one of the gifts. We know that knowledge is a gift. Well, because you have wisdom and knowledge, you're able to prophesy. You're able to have discernment. You're able to uh, have counsel. You're able to like um, you're you're able to preach and those kind of things. You're able to interpret tongues. And because you have the Spirit of the Lord, you're able to speak in tongues. You're able to under you know speak in a language that's a heavenly language. How can you do that? That's beyond my understanding. It's only by the Spirit of the Lord. And as a result of that, you can do miracles and healings, okay? And that comes from the might. You can't have the the gifts of the Holy Ghost without the spirits of God, period. you got to have one first and then the other. you got to get the Spirit of the Lord upon you the seven spirits in order to operate in the gifts. And I question often those who say, well, I uh, my the only gift I have is speaking in tongues. I, I personally don't I mean you may be able to manifest more of the gifts than others, but at any time as the Holy Spirit moves, you should be able to operate in any of the gifts discernment, wisdom, knowledge, prophetic, interpretation, miracles especially, and healings. Amen? Not just speaking in tongues. It's good to speak in tongues. We should all be praying in that heavenly language, because that builds our holy faith, as the Scripture says. If you want your faith to increase, start praying in tongues, along with the other things it says to do: the walk in faith, and to believe in Christ Jesus, and to and to stand upon the Word. Those things build your faith. God doesn't like give you faith. You got to like work for it. You got to like show. Operate in faith. You got to like do stuff that's contrary to what you're thinking and trust God. That's how you build your faith. This is different. The things I'm talking about are different from the spirit that you receive when you repent, okay, and come into believing Jesus Christ as the Son of God. This comes during that sanctification where you begin to forgive others and you're able to get your heart right and you wait upon the Lord and the Holy Ghost comes. Now, I know people who were saved. They repented. They got delivered immediately and they received the Holy Ghost within, this, within, the, within five or ten minutes. They got it all. I've seen that happen. That does happen. But it doesn't always happen like that with everybody. Most people, it's like, okay, I believe and I got to get the sin out of my life. They got to get more cleaned up. They got to get more sanctified. They got to get their heart right. Even though they believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, they got to get that, that heart transformation. Matthew three, eleven, indeed baptized uh, it, uh, excuse me, Matthew three, verse eleven, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he, this is John the Baptist speaking, but he, Christ Jesus, who is coming after me, after my ministry is over, is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize Jesus will baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. The only real baptism that's important, in my opinion, is being baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire because that only comes from Christ Jesus. Man can baptize you in water and say, praise God, you've been baptized for the remission of your sins. That's a symbol of of your sins being washed away and you dying to the old person, being resurrected a new person. Man can do that, but it's only Jesus who can baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Seek after that baptism, in my opinion, first, and then get baptized when you want to and when you're ready. But the thief on the cross was not baptized. You don't have to be baptized in water in order to get to heaven. You just have to believe in Jesus. Call upon his name and believe. You shall be saved. That's the bare minimum. But who wants to just barely pass a test? you know, I was the kind of student that barely passed a test all the time. Yeah, I got a master's degree and all that stuff, but I had to work hard at just barely passing the test. I wanted to make the, the best grades and I worked hard at it. I don't want to settle for just passing, but you know what you call the, you know what you, you know what you call the person who graduates last in medical school, just think about it. The person who who comes in last place in medical school. What do you call them? You call them doctor, don't you? They're doctor because they barely passed and they made it through. They're still called doctor. You can call upon the name of Jesus and be saved and you'll still be called a child of God. But why settle for the crumbs when you can have the feast table? Don't you want to sit at the table with the, the, the father? And the son, don't you want to sit close to God on the throne? Now, I'm not talking about in a greedy way, but it seems like things would be a lot better if we didn't settle for the last, but we, we strive for the excellence. That means give up all that we love, give up all that we want, and pursue Christ Jesus. For the last shall be first, the first will be last." Give up everything to follow Christ. That's how you you come first in, in your class. That's how you graduate number one, kumalati, and all those other things. laude and the other ones that are second and third. You can do that. You can achieve that. But the way you do it is through acts of love toward God and others. Sor- sacrificing the things that you love in order to put other people first. Strive for Putting people first and, and considering yourself second, that's how you win win first place. But you can win the race. I mean, you can be in the race and complete the race and come in last and be a contestant that completes the race. You know, the, the last marathon I ran, I think there was, was it 30,000 people or 10,000 people? I don't remember. It was a big number of people who ran the race. Okay? everyone. Who crossed the finish line? You had to wear this token on your shoelace, and you had to pass these various markers, and that's how they tracked if you completed the the race. You would, your 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 uh, token, or I don't know what they call it, the token that you wore. It's like a little magnetic thing you wore in your shoelace. Every time you passed over it, it counted where you were, and then your speed and your time. And so when you passed the last one, they knew you finished. Everyone that finished got a completion medal. You completed. Congratulations, you completed this marathon. But do you wanna just be the last one? Who wants to do that? I mean I mean there might be someone who just wants to be the last one in saying, hey, I'm the last one in. Yeah, the, the race is over. But who would want to do that? I don't want to do that. It seems like it's more work to make sure you come last and then come in first. To me, like I gotta make sure everyone's ahead of me, you know, rather than just a few people in front of me and just trying to chase after them and trying to get ahead of them. You're trying to stay behind thousands of people. I think the Music City Marathon has like thirty thousand runners. That's a city size. I don't want to do that. I want to be up front. I want to be good. And I want to feel good about myself and doing a good time, and, and running the race the way I'm supposed to, for my age and for my my uh, physique and everything. You know, I want to push myself to excellence. I just don't want to like mosey across the finish line ten hours later. I want to get it done. I want to finish the race, and I want to, you know, be kind of like proud of man. I'm this age, and I'm in, I'm you know this kind of condition, and I've placed here within my age range and everything, and my, my, you know, as a male and whatever. You know, people want to do good, right? Don't you want to do good? Well, let me tell you how to get there. I'll tell you how to win the race. You got to believe Jesus is the Son of God. You got to love others. And forgive people. And you gotta love them like great compassion. You gotta like care about them and put yourself in a position that it doesn't matter. They're more important than your own personal needs. That's the love of Christ. God, that's the love of God too, because He gave His only Son that if you just believe in Him, you can live forever with God. That you're not gonna die in the second death of the lake of fire, but live everlasting. With him. That's how you win. Why jeopardize trying to come in last place and they say, sorry, the last person was, we considered to be in front of you. You're not even going to qualify as a final, as, a, co- as completing the race because too much time had elapsed and you didn't even come within a standard that would be acceptable for the standards of the race. Do you want to jeopardize that? They come in such last place that they close the, the race down and you come across, sorry, we don't have anything to give you. We can't even be recognized. You just got You're just an incomplete. You just incompleted the race. You didn't complete the race. You're an incomplete because too much time elapsed and people had to go home and get dinner or whatever the next day starting. We can only wait so long and be disqualified to be considered a finalist of the race. There's people that happens to, you know that they just take too long and they don't even get considered as completion. They're incomplete participants. They didn't complete the race. My friends, the question is complete the race. Let Christ carry you through the race. I heard something very profound today. And, and it's like our thinking is, or maybe my thinking is wrong. You know, because I was in the military and, and special ops and all this, people think is me as kind of a spiritual warrior. I'm not. I'm a child of God. He fights my battles. I'm in, incapable of fighting battles. I am just a Gideon soldier who just shows up and says, the sword of the Lord or the spirit of the Lord, and he destroys the enemy. I just kind of show up. And let the presence of God go before me and fight my battles. Stop fighting. You will lose. You cannot win on your own. You cannot do this with your own accord and your own intellect. And if I just do this and if I just, just stop doing it and say, Lord, it's yours. It's yours. It's your battle to take. It's your battle to win. And I give you the glory because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's your battle. I'm just your subject in the sovereignty of the kingdom of God. I'm just a citizen of God, a child of God within the kingdom of God. Lord, just fight my battles for me. Lord, I pray for this. I just submit to the throne of God. I make my petitions known with prayer and praise and supplication Lord I give you the glory because you can fight my battles and I know you will win my battles and I know that you do these things for the purpose and the will of God and I give it to you to be the conqueror the King of Kings look you can do nothing without the Spirit of God doing it for you you can do nothing without the will of God you try to do something for God out of his will and be prepared to look foolish. I'm just gonna tell you right now, just prepare to put on the foolish pants because that's what's gonna happen because you're gonna get a butt kicking. And it's your own self-afflicted wound because you went in self and not in the spirit of the Lord or allowing the will of God to go before you and to lead you in, to take you in. We gotta come to the realization of these things. We need to come to the awareness of these things that we are nothing without God. And it only comes by Him. But we can pray and we can intercede and we can ask and we can believe and trust in him that his ways are not our ways. He has a better way of doing it and a better way that's going to help transform us to his image. So you've got to realize that some of these battles is to get him, get us to be more like him, to be a prince and a princess. But we're not ready to step up into that position yet. Amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and look, we didn't get very far. I only got to verse 4 again, and we're going to have to pick this up next week because this is such a powerful. Chapter 2 is so powerful. That's what I was telling Chuck. i got to recap this because there's something happening in my spirit when we're covering this. Look, if you don't know Jesus Christ, I mean like know Him. I'm not talking about, oh, I, I, yeah, I kind of get it. No, I mean like know Him. It's time for you to know this Christ in his love that he has for you. you first of all, you've got to believe that he exists, that he is the son of God, that he came down to this earth in the, man of, in the form of man and shed his blood. He died, became the, the, the lamb unto the world for the atonement of the world, for the sins and atonement of the world, so that you may know God. Because every other way failed because man got corrupted it. So Christ had to become man in order for it to become incorruptible. Believe Jesus is the Son of God within your heart. And if you want to pray, pray this. You just got to believe. It's just an action of the heart. It's not necessarily if you pray this and now you're this. It's the action of this heart that gets you there. It's not saying the words that get you there. It's this right here. It's the transformation of the heart. So let's get that straight. It's not pray this word, you say these words, and now you're born again. No, it's the renewing of the heart and mind. Because of the heart, the mind changes. The thoughts change because you think differently, because the heart has changed, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you have the likeness of God's heart and Christ's heart, you begin to speak differently with love. But if you feel like you need to pray, because that's the traditions of man, then say this. Say, Lord, I believe you are the son of God. And I believe that you came in the form of man and died on the cross, was raised on the third day, and now sit at the right hand of the father. Forgive me of my sins. I don't want to be sinful anymore, but desire to be righteous in the likeness of the son of God. Forgive me, Lord, that I have sinned against you and forsaken you and doubted you. I no longer want to doubt you, but believe in you. Heal my body, heal my heart, Lord. Do a transformation, inside out. If you said that prayer, go to this website right over here. I'm pointing at it, SeedTimeHarvest.net, and let me know. I would love to hear from you. Love to hear your testimony, and so that I can maybe contact you and ha- if I have time to pray with you. Okay, would love to to, to minister to you if, if if I had time. If I get time, I'm, I'm working a full time job, multiple jobs actually. And I still make time to preach on Sundays, only by the power of God. If you only knew, if you only knew. And it's not time to talk about it, but it's just if you only knew. And I'm sure your life is similar. We have time. I'm going to open up the mics. We have uh, a little bit of time left. So, uh, Chuck, I'll give you the mic first, and then you can pass it over to Deanna, anybody else that wants to come on. The number's on the screen, 602-753-1977. If you press one, we'll know you want to talk to us. Well, tonight's message was very uh, tremendous, Colonel, as always. I always learn uh, a few things when I'm listening to you, so I re- appreciate all the time you put in to prepare for this message. And I just wanted to thank you. And with that, I'll turn it over to Deanna. Thank you, Chuck.
0: Amen. I'm really excited. I want to share something with you. And I was, I was just hoping Sister Rachel... Would um, give me permission to share, but it's so exciting. Praise the Lord. Um, As you prayed for her, I got in my spirit um, the Holy Spirit saying, He hears. And at first I thought that um, He was saying that He hears Rachel's prayers, but no. um, I felt like He was saying, The son, the child, Hears him, and so I mentioned this to Rachel, and it's so, it is so uh, just exciting, and i have just moved to tears and blessing the Lord. She said that it was a confirmation to her that uh, the Spirit of the Lord had already told her um, or given her confirmations to this, and she had prayed. That the lord would uh speak to her son and baptize him in the holy spirit Mm. so really supernatural bless god it was just so amazing i was very moved (laughs) very moved so now that you opened my mic (laughs) there it is praise the lord that's awesome i don't even know what to say but i'm not surprised i'll just say that i'm not surprised
2: well it's awesome. Well, I had a lot of activity tonight. I, I haven't looked at Facebook or I'm sorry, YouTube tonight. There's a lot of activity. I want to thank everyone on all the game channels and all the other places that you may be tonight. Thank you. Uh, I could probably keep preaching, but I um, some people said keep preaching go another hour. But uh, I don't know um, <laughs> if I can do that. I mean, I can, but I don't know if you can uh, Oh, did you see
0: my comment? No, we're just, we're catching fire with you, that's all. We're just catching fire with you. Oh, no, I haven't looked at that yet. Really enjoying it.
2: That's great. Praise God. Well, I saw someone new here on Facebook. I think they were brought in by Brenda, perhaps. Sharon, if I missed you, I do want to say hello. I think that's who I saw. But um, anyway... I don't want to spend too much time there, but I'm now looking at witness project. So, Rachel, uh, good to see you, and and obviously Jesus Gangster, all those, same McGreg.
0: A few people had to leave, but Allie, okay, okay, Allie is blue-green cats, and um, Jared, Jared's pretty new around here. Brother Reggie's on tonight.
2: Mm, Yeah, Jared and... and, uh,
0: Claudia in Brazil.
2: Yeah, see Claudia there? Very good. Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to stop there at verse 4. I'm just going to just, yeah, I'm going to have to just kind of hold up there and then we'll take it up and we'll continue. I I don't know how much more we'll go, but uh, I'm real excited. I knew back when we were in the book of John that the book of Acts was going to be something. I I just knew that was something different, something new. Um, I, I couldn't. Pinpointed, the Lord didn't really show everything to me, but it, it, we're still in chapter two, and it's okay, uh, and we'll stay here as long as the Holy Spirit needs us to stay here. The biggest thing is, it's not so much, you know, what I want and that sort of thing. the The thing is, is, is that are you being transformed by this word? Are you? Able to come close to the Lord through seeking Him by the inspiration of the words, by the Holy Spirit. Are you coming to Christ? That is the thing. Is your heart being healed and delivered from things that you've brought into it? That's the, the big thing here. It's, and, and so I want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and, and stay in place and stay put until He's ready to transition to new things and different things. Amen. So um, let's see here. Anything else? Anything else we need to do? We had about 18 minutes left. And by the way, I wanted to mention tonight that uh, Pastor Claudia has uh, been posting things and blogs and also on Facebook. Very inspirational. It's not me. I don't have time to do that. But just so you know, um, Claudia may not like me saying this, but. Claudia is very disciplined. She gets up early in the morning and she prays and she gets in the presence of God. And then the Lord begins to inspire her and she begins, and she's very creative. She's been posting some wonderful things. So if you're not following Sea Time Harvest Ministries on Facebook, please do. That's where it is. I'm hoping to start getting that within the SeaTimeHarvest.net blog post. Even she's asked, When can you give me the password to help me do this and do that? And I said, Well, I'm, you know, I'm here, there, and everywhere, and we just haven't been able to connect to, to get that done. I hope in the near future. So, by the way, Claudia, Pastor Claudia, if you, I know you're listening. If you, if you want to speak, and you may do so. I think she's still on. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, she said she would be, and um, you have some time now to call in. And, and speak. So she said she would call in, so I don't see her phone number there, so maybe she won't. But I don't know what I was gonna say. I lost my, my thought. But anyway, she's been doing some great things, and we're hoping to get more of it out. Uh, I'll be very candid with you. I, I'm, I'm working a lot. I even work Friday to almost like 8 o'clock at night, and I've just, just a lot of little things I'm, I'm working on and having to do various projects. And, and it's just time-consuming, and then there's other, I mean, just a lot of things I'm touching and doing, and, and so um, what I'm trying to say is, when I was in f- full-time ministry, I spent the whole day trying to minister, studying and preparing, writing, doing various things, and I just don't have that freedom anymore. The Lord has changed my season, and I don't know why. I know He's called me into ministry. I know He's He's anointed me. He's given me gifts of the spirit and he's you know he's ordained me he's done all these things he put a mantle on me where he i physically felt his presence and i can go on and on and on i know that that i'm doing god's will but i don't know why this season is the way it is where it was another way and i transitioned from you know Working secular world into ministry and now I'm kind of seems like I'm back into the secular world working But I'm still trying to minister as opportunity presents But but trying to stay focused where the Lord wants me to focus. And I don't know why it's like this for this season and I know there's a reason I don't know if it's an equipping. I don't know if it's uh, empowering I don't know if it's just more revelation of him and and um, I've had a number of people who have spoke to me privately, prophetically, if you will, you know, in the prophetic, but privately, and, and these things I knew, but they brought it to my attention, and I need to hear it about, and I think some of you know these things, I've, I've kind of mentioned it, about being taken advantage of within the ministry. Ministries taking advantages, advantages of Sea Time Harvest ministry, and Pastor Hernal, and so forth, so on. Um, taking advantage of certain things because they saw an opportunity And a lot of that's been shut down, a lot of that's closed, and and, uh, it's just just a lot of different things. And um, where we're going to be going in the future, I have no idea. I'm just anticipating some of these things that we read about in scriptures will be happening. I believe that there'll be a time where I'll be translated in the Spirit. I'll be like the wind, coming and going. Don't know where I'm coming, don't know where I'm going, don't know when I'm going to start or stop. The Spirit will just do it. And preparation is in days. I believe that... The generation that's of the time of the great manifestations of God, look, the the New Century Church has nothing on what's going to happen when when God is in the final years of bringing His kingdom on this earth, when we're on the edge of the millennial reign. Okay, there there's going to be acts of God that have never been seen before. Example, you cast this mountain into the sea if you have no doubt in your heart. I believe that is a prophetic word from Christ himself. That will happen during that time. Somebody will do it or some people will do it. There's going to be many things like this, things that I can't even begin to speak on because I, I can't conceive it because it's only by God that it's going to happen. And I believe that Not only is he preparing me, but he's preparing many other people of the remnant. And I'm not saying the Christians are the body of Christ, but the remnant. It's only the remnant who is filled with the Holy Ghost that will be empowered to be able to do these things. But none of that matters. None of that power matters. None of the gifts matter. You can speak in tongues until you're blue in the face, and you can prophesy until you're blue in the face. None of that matters unless you love. Without love, it's like a bunch of noise. And right now, the state of the body of Christ is like a bunch of noise. And I'm trying to get in tune with the frequencies of heaven so that the sounds that come forth are like the thunder with lightning and voices of God coming from the throne of God. Just like the scriptures said in Leviticus, we will be the carriers of the Ark of the Covenant. We'll be carrying, let me put that in a layman's terms, we'll be carrying the presence of God. And anybody who touches the presence of God will be struck dead. And the only people who can carry the presence of God are the priesthood. That's what we have to look forward to in the end days. So many people get caught up in all this bad stuff happening, but if you're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, who's gonna fight your battles? Who goes before you? Who splits the rivers and allows you to cross over? Who splits the seas? Who's gonna cast those mountains into the ocean and cast, pull up the trees by the roots and throw them over there on your behalf? Who's going to slay the enemy? It'll be those who are carrying the presence of God. That is what we have looked forward to. And if you're not dialed in to the right frequency, you're going to miss it. Many will miss it because that's why there'll be a great falling away. They'll be out of tune And when God begins to move, they're not going to hear the voice of God because he's going to give a command. He's going to begin to tell his remnant what to do. He's going to take them places. And the only way to do that is to get in the right frequency of God and turn off the noise and stop doing noise, stop making noise. Now, with that said, I think that's kind of what's happening to me in this season is that I'm getting in tune with God. And he's keeping me focused on the things that are like really important to him rather than all the noise that I was doing. Does that make sense. So the question to me or to you from me is that is it time to turn something off and tune back in and get in the right frequency of the voice of God? That's the question. How do I do that? Pastor, be still and know that he's God and wait on him just like they did in the upper room. Stop doing stuff. Go over there and sit down and wait on me, is basically what he said. Stop preaching the gospel. Stop going to places. Don't leave the city. Just go back, sit there, and wait on me. Just wait. Stop doing stuff. Stop generating kingdom stuff. Because that's not the Father's will. He has a gift for you, and it's going to come from God himself. It's going to be an anointing. I think the scripture uses in Acts chapter 2 the doctrine of the Apostle. The question is, here's here's something to think about. What is the doctrine of the Apostle? How do we begin to have the doctrine of the Apostle? You cannot know the doctrine of the Apostle until you get still, stop doing stuff, and wait on God. And when He's ready, He will deliver on you the fire of God with power, with the, uh, you call it a baptism, if you will, but a, a, a pouring of the Spirit upon you. What did God say? I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. And I wonder if I need to caveat that and say all flesh that is listening and waiting on me. I added that. But I would want to be in, in the posture, in the position of receiving that pouring out rather than dislocated and in the wrong place at the wrong time when God decides to pour that out. You know what I'm saying? Think of it like this, when the ice cream truck comes around, the only people who go get ice cream are the people in in the spheres of the sound of the ice cream truck. Those who can't hear the ice cream truck have no opportunity to go get ice cream. Is that a true statement? Only those that are positioned and postured to hear the ice cream truck coming down the road are the ones that have the ability to go out and get the ice cream. The quest, Here's the thing. You need to be postured and positioned to be ready to receive the pouring out of God's spirit. So let's get focused on what God's heart is. And it's going to be different for each of us. Okay, similar in some ways, and parallel in some ways. Let's get postured and positioned, like Gideon, postured and positioned. He had to go through the phases of it to be postured and positioned to be used of God as a remnant to destroy. Actually, he didn't destroy it. God destroyed it for them. He was just the vessel used to carry the presence of God. His army was. It only needed 300 to carry the presence of God, to destroy a great army. Amen? Does that speak to your spirit tonight? Does that resonate? Amen. Resonate in your spirit? Amen. Oh, man. Praise God. Oh, wow. I've preached enough tonight. My goodness. I don't know very yeah, many pastors that can preach for two hours. To- <laughs> Do what?
0: Yeah. You're,
2: you're speaking
0: directly to some of the issues that, The Lord's been speaking to me and others that I know. Um, So I just want to thank you for doing that. But, yes, I think you're speaking uh, directly to Jared, who's listening. Um, Even tonight, what I had planned to do tonight, the Lord just drew me back. He said, no, you're not going to do any of that. He had me prepare something else. And he has been speaking to us not just me but he has been saying speak to my people he's been saying prophesy but it, there's a preparation there's a slowing down and and a quiet time with the lord right now to prepare for what's coming there's an awareness for me anyway and and where the lord has me uh, it is kind of a slow down and a silencing of all the noise of the outer court, and a closer communion with Him, resting in Him, and preparing for what the Lord will release, and knowing that the Lord releases something, mantles being prepared, or or something to that effect. I can't say exactly what it is. We've been discussing that. So you're you're talking our language tonight. Amen?
2: (laughs) Amen. Well, praise God. Well.
0: In our language tonight.
2: Amen. <laughs> amen. Well, I tell you what, I'm trying to figure out what to do next and I'm we we'll only have a few well, minutes in but
0: In our language
2: tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, I tell you what, I'm trying to figure okay. out what to do next. I know what amen. happened. I had my YouTube turned on there and it was coming in through the vlog talk. Sorry about that. All right. Well, I think we're going to call it a night. We only have like Less than three minutes, so Chuck, you want to take us out of here tonight?
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly
3: beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're
1: here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.